Hey guys, this is Trev. Before we jump into this uh, episode this week, I have a quick announcement, something cool to share from the guys over at Rapid Reels. So until Thanksgiving only uh, of this year, 2016, that's just a couple weeks away at this point, all current Inside Acting members can get a really sweet discount on all the services offered by the guys over at Rapid Reels. You know these guys, or at least you should. Uh, we talk about them a lot on the show. We've had both Miguel and Michael on the show who or sort of the head honchos there. And the work that they do is really, really top-notch. They're a full-service content creation company, and they offer everything from headshots to demo reels to editing. But what they specialize in is in creating scenes catered to actors' strengths, their marketability, their essence. These are handcrafted scenes that they put together for actors for their demo reels for various marketing purposes. So if you've been looking to get some really great new content and experience under your belt, this is a really great opportunity opportunity to do it with a team of consummate professionals at a really nice discount. So to get that discount, first off, check out their work at rapidreels.com. That's reels with a Z, R-E-E-L-Z.com. And if you're a member of Inside Acting, log into the membership and then look under the general forum tab for the post with details about the discount and how to basically apply for it and let them know what you're looking for and all that fun stuff. All the instructions are inside the membership. So check it out. It's under the general forum. Uh, quick disclaimer, we do not get any compensation or kickback of any kind for this. We're just sharing this with the, the satisfaction of knowing that we're paying it forward, making connections, uh, and seeing more awesome creative people have success. So again, this is only good through Thanksgiving. So if you've been waiting for a sign to act, consider this that sign. Uh, log into the membership, check out the details for that discount, and hope we have people uh, take advantage of it. All right, here's this week's episode. Even when we're taking on new habits or doing self-development and growing and like moving past our challenges, the key is that it's not like we're actually finding anything new. We're actually just uncovering who we've been the whole time. You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Algott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And in episode 257, the third and final part of Trev's conversation with eating psychology coach, wellness advocate, and spoken word poet, Tessie Tracy. In part three, Tessie shares her final three principles of self-love, what VACT stands for am i saying that right v-a-c-t stands for and how and how and why standing powerfully in your unique authenticity sex appeal and infinitely castable self amidst constant pressure from an industry that quite often hires actors based on looks first is an inside job i love that that and much more coming up at 257 stay with us Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from Rehearsal Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors that is now available for your use, using pleasure. (laughs) 
in the iTunes App Store. Um, you guys know the drill. If you want to learn your lines, if you want to be off book for your auditions, if you want to explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a bunch of other things, this is the answer. Go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn all about this, this kick-ass app that is in use by celebrities all across the industry uh, and get your hands on a new version of Rehearsal. This is a groundbreaking app designed to get you off book and confidently kicking ass in the room, taking names, making relationships, building a really solid body professional work, all from the comfort of your iOS device. So check it out. That is Rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Hey, buddy. How's hey, going? man. I'm doing well. How are you? I am. I'm personally still grieving. I don't. I. Uh, I've, I am envious of people who have been able to move on so quickly. I am. I am personally still grieving and 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 very very concerned and and frankly frightened for yeah. uh, the future. Yeah, so, so for for listeners who just might be under a rock somewhere, we are of course talking about uh the the president elect of the United States, Mr. Donald J. Trump. Somehow that happened. Um and I thought Michael Moore's post on Facebook, I'm sure you've seen this AJ. I thought it was a really poignant post. His his very first post the day after and it was like a five-step plan for basically getting, you know, moving on, moving past this and and essentially getting Donald Trump sort of out away from the White House and moving on to who, whomever might be next. And one of the points said if you are on social media saying, you know, basically voicing your disbelief and your surprise, the basic advice was like, don't don't act like this is a surprise. Instead, acknowledge that you've been living in a bubble and weren't present to the desperate situation that many of your fellow Americans have found themselves in, such that they voted this way. So, I, I mean, I was just as surprised and sort of terrified as everybody else. But then when I read that, I was like, yeah, you know what? I've been in a bubble, man. Like, clearly, there's a huge chunk of our population that is like we can't take it anymore the way it's been and you know i i haven't had any problems but then again i'm a very um specific demographic and there's there's a lot of issues that are completely invisible to me uh on my day-to-day experience that a lot a lot of other people are feeling so so there's that to to take into account yeah well first and foremost i mean i want i say you know thank you for sharing that i I think it's important, and I also agree with you. Like I have um, a a whole new appreciation for the bubble because I knew that it existed, um, but uh, this has been the, the probably the the biggest uh, disparity between you know the the two things. Um, so that's that's number one. I, I like I said I appreciate you saying that. My the thing is, is I I never thought it would be possible for those sane people to overlook everything that he has said and done. Um, it's just it's it's f- like flabbergasting to me. I just posted this this photo, um, some tweet or something. I don't know what the. Um, I don't know who the quote could be attributed to, but it says, we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and, de- and denial of my humanity and right to exist. 
and I and I have a I take real issue with us being um, uh, complicit in the level of hate and the rhetoric and the uh, oppression of people who you know don't necessarily have a voice. I mean, since 2013, there have been moves in <clears throat> the Supreme Court. Um, and uh, gerrymandering of districts and stuff to close down. There was 850 fewer polling places in 2000, the 2016 election than there was in the 2012 election, um, 850. And most of those were in areas of uh, where minorities and lower income people uh, live. I'm not saying they couldn't have you know, gone out of their way to go to a, a, a polling place that's further away but it just, you know, it just goes to show, like, I'm having a hard time with the people who are um, saying we need to listen to these people when it comes to the hateful rhetoric. We can listen to people who feel disenfranchised, who feel like they um, <clears throat> have low income jobs or no jobs at all. Um, who like the the economy aspect of his campaign spoke to? It, that is, those are those are like legitimate concerns, and they they had to overlook some really disgusting things in order to still vote for him. What I will not do, I what I refuse to do, is to sit back and say, uh, you know, well, some people do believe that all Muslims are terrorists and all Mexicans are rapists. So I should try to understand that. That would be like saying we should try to understand people who believe that black people should still be slaves. It's not okay. And there has to, there has to be a line. And that's, that's, that's what I've been struggling with. And, and no one, no one wants to answer for it. I've noticed every Every person that I've tried to have a conversation with about um, their choice to vote for him, I, I ask them to answer for that, to answer for the fact that they voted for somebody who had this type of rhetoric. And every single time, the only response they have is Hillary's was worse. Hillary, Hillary's worse. Hillary was worse. How is this going to factor into your journey as a creative being? I've been thinking a lot about that. I really appreciate that question. I don't have an answer yet. Um, my poor girlfriend, if she's listening, uh, Jasmine has been doing her best to um, support me in finding better outlets. You know, I, I, the the rage is slowly dissipating. But, um, you know, every time we have that conversation, I, I have up until this point said, I, I don't know. I don't know what I am supposed to do. Um, I'm getting involved. There's a lot of interesting, um, you know, Facebook groups popping up, people who are, you know, uh, creating safe spaces for people, people who are creating, you know, um, uh, grassroots movements, things like that. So I'm getting involved. Um, 
little by little uh, politically in the ways that I can. And like you said, the um, the Michael Moore posts have been awesome because they're, they are very specific. They're, they're very like, here's something you can do. Here's something you can do. Here's something you can do. And, you know, we've, we had that conversation, you know, uh, a month or so ago about voting with your wallet. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, one of the things we can start doing is, is donating to Planned Parenthood, donating to the ACLU, donating to these, these groups that are going to fight for human rights when they are threatened over the course of the next uh, four years. Um, but as far as my art goes, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't. I, 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 I've given it some some thought. I've given it a lot of thought, and I I don't have um, any specifics yet. I know I want to do something. I went to an acting class this week, and that was awesome, or a workshop this week, and it was just nice to be. That was just more about the distraction. I feel I feel uh, uh, kind of beaten down right now, and that's not helping with the uh with the creativity thing that makes sense what would you say to our listeners who are pro-trump um i i have so many questions um i have so many questions uh i would say you know my my main question would be sort of what i what i said before um, which was, I would really love more than anything for you to acknowledge the, the rhetoric and take responsibility for it. Um, you know, it's, um, that's, it, it, it really can be that simple. I have yet to have somebody take responsibility for it. Um, people do one of two things. They either say Hillary's worse or they say, um, don't worry, you know, he won't do or say, or he, he won't do all the things he says. And I, I, that's just, that's grossly inadequate as far as I'm concerned for taking responsibility for the candidate that, that you voted for. Um, that's, that's my one request right now. I have yet to have that happen. And I think it's really telling. I mean, I'm, and I'm talking friends, family. I have, I have like most of my family voted for him and not one of them has said anything remotely like, yeah, you know what? He, yeah, he's he's an awful, awful person. He said some really awful things, and he's inspiring some awful things. And it was a horrible, gut wrenching decision for me. But I voted for him because X, Y, and Z. No one will say that. No one will take responsibility. At least they haven't yet. So if you're willing to do it, I mean, reach out, please. I mean, email me, uh, email the podcast, uh, tweet at the pod. You know, like get in touch direct. I mean, whatever. You know. Um, because I, I want to have a conversation with somebody who um, not only has intelligently thought, thought through their, their, their choice, but who is willing to be responsible about it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we took some time to sort of air this on the show. I know it's uh, an issue, uh, obviously, that's hot on a lot of people's skin uh, this week. So, um, would love to hear your thoughts, everybody listening, um, as to how this, like I asked AJ earlier, how this factors into your journey as a creative person. Does this change your mission in any way or intensify it or take the wind out of your sails? I, I would really love to hear how people as creative beings who are, you know, like you just said, AJ, tend to be a little bit more sensitive, how they're processing this and how 
this uh, impacts their art, their art making, um, their journey of moving through the world as somebody who is perhaps more in tune with uh, the spiritual journey of a collective consciousness than, than maybe other industries. So on that note, let's move on to part three of my chat with Tessie Tracy. I hope you guys have really been enjoying parts one and two. Tessie obviously is a pretty stupendous person on a lot of different levels uh, as an artist, as a person who's really in touch with fitness and nutrition and the psychology around all of that, which is something that really is the core issue. I've said for a long time that that fitness and nutrition is not uh, a physical game. It's very much a mental game, very, very much all in your head. So that's really what Tessie's work is all about, and I'm excited to bring you the third and final part today. So enjoy this, guys, and we'll catch you on the other side. so many diets out there you know there's paleo and there's atkins and there's vegan and vegetarian and there's dairy free and there's fruitarian and there's raw till four and you know it's like it's kind of like wow like where does this fit you know when it comes to bio individuality and i think that that's often overlooked the idea that different people and different bodies respond differently to different things and mm-hmm. what what's interesting to me is i wonder and i'm, I'm curious for your take on this is there, in your experience and estimation, an optimal human diet, generally speaking, the same way that, you know, like we feed our cats and dogs specific foods because that's what their bodies are engineered to sort of thrive on? You know, orangutans eat a certain mm. kind of diet. Elephants eat a certain kind of diet. Why are why do we have this idea that humans are the exception to the rule? Um, is, is there not an, an optimal sort of guideline diet for human beings? There is. Um, this is an amazing question. And I have, could have a lot to say about it. I, I mean, I have a ton to say about it, too. But I, I, I'm always so curious to hear, like when you said, like, people can go to the doctor and they can have a diet that's heavy on fried chicken and still turn up good blood work. And to me, that yeah. seems plausible and completely likely. But at the same time, is it healthy? I mean, the numbers show that it is, but, but how, how is this possible when, when if you did that with any other animal, uh, it would probably re- result in something pretty predictable? Yeah. So, yep. And a couple of things also that came up for me, again, that uh, were from my mentor and teacher, Mark David, is he always says, we say in like the, at the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, we call ourselves diet agnostic, meaning... Mm-hmm there is a way to kind of through sometimes experimentation find how your body is going to respond to different foods and how you're going to feel best so if there's one thing we could change in the whole world it would be food quality so the the fried chicken thing like you said yes someone can probably eat like that you know for years and have healthy uh you know level blood levels and all that good stuff. And at the same time, 
are they possibly more at risk of certain diseases? You know, if they're eating the chicken that also has the hormones and the GMO and, uh, and the steroids, all that stuff that they're, you know, more and more research is coming out that the, those, that doesn't lie. Like that can cause cancer (laughs) and cause disease. So, so that being said, yes, if that is the case, it's going to catch up to them. And similar things, there are people that eat as vegans or vegetarians and their body's like, sweet, I'm good with this for, you know, up to like 10 years. And then all of a sudden they'll start losing hair and their skin will get brittle and they kind of have, you know, a choice to make. And sometimes it is that, you know, it is a, an ethical reason or a value reason. Like I'm not going to eat animals and for, you know, sustainability purposes or whatever. And they, then it's, it's a, in a weird way, it's like a choosing point, you know, you could actually give up some of your own health if your body's not getting the exact nutrients it needs. Um, but to, even if, you know, that whatever you're eating, the, there is truth to, okay, as organic as you can, as, you know, sustainable and environmentally responsible as you can. Um, I personally am, am a big believer in that. And I think that a lot of what's thrown at us, not only from like the food industry, but from the diet industry is not necessarily sustainable and not in our best interest. What do you mean by that? So from the food or from the diet industry, I say not in our best interest, meaning like a lot of, you know, quote unquote diet books become popular, like, oh, every single human should eat this way and you'll, you know, lose this much weight or feel this great, all that good stuff. When in reality, there's just no one diet. There might be that one diet that works for someone for that season of their life. And it does support them for like a year. And then our bodies change. Their body might need different nutrients in a year. Um, so that's kind of what I mean. Like without our best interest, the diet industry is like a $67 billion industry. So it's a little bit designed for us to actually see short-term revolt results and then need to come back for more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's designed to just comp- continually sell us things when mm-hmm. oftentimes maybe what we need is to eat less yeah. <laughs> or, you know, we need some, we need something like more broccoli, which is not, you know, historically speaking, a real moneymaker in the food industry. Yeah. So we're, so we're sold some, some other thing that's supposed to have all the benefits of broccoli, but we're not told that we're just told it's this new healthy solution. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, you know, the more we're getting away from, yeah, just whole real food, you know, there's, there's no long-term studies on what that's doing to us. Or is it even, you know, we're not, we can eat a, even like a protein bar that has maybe all natural ingredients. But if we're eating just that for all our meals, our body's probably going to get to a point where it's not really recognizing it as food. Mm, Yeah. Because yeah. And there, so the other thing I was going to say is regarding like the food industry, which there's a, a bunch of, studies on this as well is, you know, potato chip companies will actually do studies to measure like the crunch decibel that we hear in our ear when we're crunching chips that like provides the most pleasure or satisfaction. And they'll like gauge their chips with 
you know, probably not the best ingredients for us to be addictive in oh that way. Oh my God. I, I completely believe that because one of my favorite snacks in the world is sun chips. And one of my favorite <laughs> like experiences of those is the crunch. It's the perfect crunch. Yep. <laughs> and every time I yeah. do it, I'm like, I want more of that. And I, I sometimes I'll eat, and this is awful, but I'll eat like a whole bag in one sitting because I just, I oh, can't yeah. stop. I'm just like, this is so pleasurable. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can blame it on the scientists yeah. because God they food scientists. probably hired people to make it that pleasurable. They got that it. shit figured out, man. <laughs> yeah. So there, there are those things that are kind of, you know, guiding us away from whole foods. Yeah. 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 This is, God, this is fascinating. And there's so many roads we could go down here, you know, between like the salt, the sugar and the fat and, and all these other things. But I, I want to be sure that we get back to the, the, um, the, I guess I'm, I've just started calling them the seven R's. I don't know if you have a different name for them. You do? What do you, what do you, what, how should I refer Well, I call to? the seven step process to eating into it. Okay, cool. So we, we yeah. left off. Sorry about that. I totally like stole the the list and made it my own. We we left off with redefine, which was defining your own health as opposed to letting others define it for you. Uh, and then the next option is reacquaint. Reacquaint. So in this step, it's all about self-love. And I say reacquaint because it's also about thinking back to a time when you did feel great in your body. Like maybe it was when you were a kid and you like, you didn't care what you look like. You just wanted to go play and you know, you wanted to like have a snack after you played <laughs> and, and just bringing back that and looking at, okay, how do I like reacquaint with that inner child? How do I reacquaint with that best feeling of myself? What practices now can I incorporate to bring that to life? You know, and, and this is also about in the reacquaint uh, process, I give people a self affirmation. So they'll have something to say in the mirror every day. You know, if their issue is the negative body image, they get up in the morning and say to the mirror, I am a beautiful, gorgeous, glowing goddess, or, you know, whatever those, those words are to them that are going to, even if when they first make up this, the affirmation, they're like, yeah, I wish I believed that it's like, perfect. That's then choose that word. Like whatever the word is that you desire to step into and believe, like choose that word. And, and that's your practice. Wow. That sounds like a, a, a tough one to tackle. That, that's right at the heart of the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's about, so there's a book called, um, you had it all the time. Okay. So it's, it's basically the gist and punchline of the book is that even when we're taking on new habits or doing self development and growing and like moving past our challenges, the key is that it's not like we're actually finding anything new. We're actually just uncovering who we've been the whole time. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause that really is what, what happens in life is that we're born a certain way and we learn things, but I have a, I had a professor in college who always told me that everything you need to know to be a brilliant life changing actor, world changing actor, everything you learn by the age of six and everything after that is basically scar tissue and crap that you need to peel away. 
And oh, I, wow. I never forgot that. And I think he's right. I really do think that, you know, our, our brains, more or less, neurologically speaking, finish sort of forming by age six. And from then they sort of grow into what they've, the, the, the structures that, that have formed at that point. That's why those first six years are so essential. And you see all these campaigns for parents to read to their children for the first five years and all that stuff. But, but I, I do believe that, that most of our life's work is done un or is spent undoing all the stuff that's been done since age six and -hmm. getting back to that place of like innocence and playfulness and curiosity and, and lack of stories is, is really what, uh, where the magic is. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and getting back to that, I think provides a lot of, uh, a true sense of freedom where we really are able to let go of the, you know, the, the small things, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Let's talk about relationship because this is uh this is a big one. I know that many times I've been derailed by uh, seemingly innocent comments or even seemingly supportive comments from friends and family that I interpreted different, a different way. And so the sort of subheading to this one is navigating your primary relationships in life. How does, how does relationship fit into all this? Yeah. So, and, and I, put this in here for that very important reason. Cause it's kind of like, you know, you might think, well, what is, you know, my relationship with food and body have to do with my personal relationships and it, a lot <laughs> navigating our primary relationships in life. What that means is just think of, you know, who are the one, two, three, four people that you have constant communication with. Maybe it's an intimate partner. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a relative, a mom, a dad, whatever that looks like. So looking into that relationship, uh, I, I have people kind of look at it on a scale and be like, you know, just looking at this relationship, your gut feeling, do you feel like it's a loving relationship or toxic. Like if you had to tip the scale one way or the other, like how's that relationship going? Because I think anyone who's ever been in a relationship, which is all of us, um, because we have relationships with everybody, there's stress involved. And sometimes that stress will, that's the reason why we go home and then we need to like emotionally eat, or maybe we lose someone and in stress, we stop eating and taking care of ourselves. So there's a very intricate web to how relationship is integrated with our relationship to food and body and with how the rest of our health is basically playing out. Um, Mm -hmm. So a typical kind of guidance that I give people, because I do believe in relationship, what I think is tough. So I personally, I'm in an intimate relationship right now where we live together and I've, I've never lived with anyone and I've gotten this amazing experience over the past year now of what it looks like to have ups and downs in a relationship, have moments where we disagree and like, you know, your adrenaline goes off and you're just heated and you start sweating and you just want to leave and cry and like not talk anymore. And then it's like you get to the point where you, but you're like, there's, there was no out. Like the commitment was, I just want everything to be okay because I love this person. (laughs) And then getting to the other side to the point where like, I'm still think it's crazy. It's like, 
I don't even remember, not that I don't remember what we were fighting about, but it's like this feeling so much better. Like we've made up now and everything's okay, but it comes with personal responsibility, right? So I am choosing how I'm reacting. Like for instance, some person, there are people sticking with like the body image thing. So there's a woman in the body image documentary embrace and she has a beard. It's a woman, something happened with like her hormones. She grew a beard and she shaved it forever because she's like a feminine girl. And you know, she was embarrassed and she was shamed and then she just let it grow. And she still dresses feminine. She's, you know, female. She's like rocks her full facial beard. And in the documentary, she said, I feel beautiful. Like I've gotten to a point where I, I love myself. I like my beard. I think it's cool. And people come up to me and sometimes they're very, very like forward and they say, Oh, you know, she man. And they ask me questions about it or whatever. And what was so inspiring to see her talk is that she was just so authentically in a place where she was able to choose how she reacted, where she didn't let anyone's hate or judgment basically take her over. Mm. So in relationship, the more we can be, I call it VACT, V-A-C-T, the more we can step into vulnerability, authenticity, connection, and trust, the more we will be happier in relationships. And when we're happy in relationships, the, the food and body challenges start to transform themselves as well. Wow. That's powerful. That was a vact vulnerability, authenticity. What was the third one? Connection and trust connection. So with those four elements in place in your relationships, you can really kind of conquer anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. And not just, I would say not just personal relationships, but professional relationships as well. That's a great point. Cause in professional relationships, sometimes we're told like, oh, well you shouldn't say certain things. So, cause the vulnerability is, you know, having that bravery to, go talk to your boss and say, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling this way. Like, you know, I, you gave me this task to do and I'm not feeling that comfortable with it. Um, but I wanted to just share how I'm feeling and, you know, come to you, see how we can work this out. Like that's vulnerable. Mm, that's kind of mm -hmm. opening up your chest in, instead of, you know, what we're, I think sometimes told to do, which is like, you know, figure it out, pretend like everything's okay. Don't come across as like weak. Yeah. 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 And, uh, there's a great book called never eat alone that we talk a lot on this show about. And, uh, I remember the first part of that book, he, he's asked by a bunch of college students. They say, you know, what's your secret? You have this huge Rolodex. There's like all these celebrities and, you know, major influencers that you could call up at any moment and get a favor from like, what, what's your secret to, to, to meeting and building relationships with these people. And he said, in a word, generosity. Uh, and he went on to sort of explain that it's all about sort of becoming human to these people and finding ways to serve them. Uh, and I think a big part of that is just sharing the wholeness of who you are and saying like, look, I, just like you, like we may both be in business suits right now. We, we may be have, you know, we may have contracts in front of us and have secretaries and things that we do with, there may be all those the trappings of a professional, you know, quote unquote, professional relationship. But just like you, I have a favorite food. 
You know, mm-hmm. I have recurring mm-hmm. dreams. Uh, I'm terrified of putting my face underwater. You know, like little things like that, that all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, all this other stuff that we put on as humans in our society is such bullshit. When it comes down to it, it's all about being with another person and, and vulnerability is the way, is the way there. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, that, that connection with others that it's again, if you know how we're designed, like even so many groups now, it's like they're calling themselves a community or a tribe, you know, join my tribe. And, and I love that because like we are, we're tribal as humans. Uh, We love to experience food. And honestly, food, if I, even if I'm sitting down, enjoying my food, having pleasure with every bite, that whole thing, you know what, it's going to be amped up times a hundred when I do it with another person. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, hence the title of that book, never eat alone. Yeah. 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 So the the last piece of the puzzle here, uh, it's kind of sums it all up. And this is, I think really, really important, uh, rhythm. Rhythm is first about cycling through any of these principles as we evolve, as we move to, you know, because life is that uh, teeter-totter, sometimes different priorities are in the forefront. If we, um, you know, say we do have a certain condition where we actually are, we need to, uh, for our health, have more of a therapeutic diet and and actually be really specific uh, with what we're eating. That's a different rhythm and season. And there might be times where, you know, you feel yourself getting away from that inner child, from that playfulness, from that relaxed, you know, self-nourished person. So you step back into reacquainting. So that's the first point of rhythm. Uh, rhythm also has to do with what we can mechanically do around food. So it has to do with meal timing. Um, the, we have what's called like a, a biocircadian rhythm. So it's similar to like our circadian rhythm, like our sleep wake cycle, um, but has to do with our metabolism. So in general, and again, we do have, you know, a little bit of individual fluctuation with this, but in general, our metabolism will spike from 12 to 1:30 in the day in the daytime when the technically when the sun is the highest in the sky. So that's a great time to eat our biggest meal. Um, because it's when our body's like rare and to go and ready to digest and metabolize. And then that metabolism does, it starts waking up in the morning and then, then it slows down at night. So that's one reason why like sumo wrestlers, they would literally wake themselves up in the middle of the night to eat a bunch of food (laughs) so that they will (laughs) gain weight and (laughs) keep it on. Um, because your metabolism is so slow. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, the last thing along with rhythm is also balancing our macronutrient balance. So while I don't really believe in counting calories necessarily, um, I do believe in macronutrient balance, which is the balance of, you know, healthy carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Mm -hmm. And you can like Google, you know, how to calculate my macronutrients (laughs) and get a, a pretty good idea of, you know, how, how you can be eating to get all of those balanced for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wow. This, this really gets into the nitty gritty of it. And that's what I love about it because there's, like I said earlier, and like you mentioned, there are so many different diets out there and they all 
not all, but most of them tend to sort of offer contradictory advice. Like I, I've been sort of researching this this book idea, and I just kind of want to lay down some some sort of thoughts about food. That's actually the working title for it: thoughts about food. And as I'm doing research for this and going through these different books, I'm finding books that are just like so <laughs> unbelievably out of touch with each other. Like you literally 100% opposite advice in, mm -hmm. you know, from book to book. Like one book is like the most healthy societies throughout history uh, had diets that were heavy in, you know, beans and legumes. Then I got another book that says, if you eat these, you will give yourself cancer. And I'm like, but I'm like, you have all this oh, anecdotal boy. evidence from like thousands of years of, of, you know, study. And then you have this new book, which, which just says, don't do it because it creates an acidic, you know, state in the body. And, and so it's like, what do we do with that information? So I, I yeah. like that it comes down that so much of your work comes down to relationship with food, relationship with self, the stories we have, and then really just detoxifying and teasing out a lot of what clumps together to create these sort of knotted energy areas in our in our bodies and our relationship with again the most intimate thing we do every day which is eat and okay. just and just sort of encourages people to find out what works for them you know like whole whole 30 is great i love whole 30 i'm all about you know you know whole foods that are plant-based I'm, I'm personally i'm a vegan i feel really strongly about that but i get that it's not for everybody and i get that different bodies um you know, respond differently. So it's about finding what is the best balance, not only biologically, but also psychologically, spiritually for, for a person. Yeah. So yeah. This, this is, this is powerful. Tessie, I, I hate to kind of cut this short because there's a lot that I still want to talk about, but we are, we're, we're kind of out of time, but I, I want to end with this. Uh, the idea that, that what we just talked about for like the past hour and 15 minutes was very academic um, we're using one side of our brain, and I think part of what we do as as artistic, creative people is we we provide a service to the world where we take things that are typically processed with one side of the brain and we translate them into something that the other side of the brain can understand. And what I so admire about you is your ability to do this with spoken word poetry. And a lot of your poems, uh, in fact, all of your poems that I've heard serve a purpose that is inspiring, empowering, and, and really serves to kind of connect people with important, you know, messages to, to really hold themselves high. So I'd like to ask you to share one of your spoken word poems with us right now. Are you up for that? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I'm just going to hand the mic to you then. So I, actually wrote it's short but i wrote a little piece specifically for inside acting oh wow <laughs> i'm so touched by that <laughs> <laughs> so here we go inside acting it's more than matter of facting in fact trev and aj so in harmony you kind of make the facts sing Sharing stories, supporting creatives on the daily, I honor you for making this podcast a broadcast. For after which listening, we can all say, hmm, it is better that you have made me. <laughs> oh my God, that is so cool. I have the biggest smile on my face right now. Wow, <laughs> thank you. That is awesome. I guess before we wrap up, what, what are you working on now? Like what's next for your, for your journey? Yeah, what's next for me is 
I am. I'm doing uh, live workshops and I'm also building a program through my website with the, the seven R's <laughs> to, awesome. um, support people with like online program with their challenges with food and body. And the other thing that I am really excited about that is kind of my future goal is, um, my intention is to create or be part of a television show that is, uh, it's kind of brings to light these challenges, whether it's around body image, food, you know, we have a lot of weight loss shows that realistically get people to lose weight in an unsustainable way and actually can create more health problems for them. Although it's with good intentions of like, Hey, we want to, you know, create healthier human beings. Um, so I want to create a show that will create healthier human beings, but will follow them and give them guidance over a longer period of time. And whether that's someone who needs to lose weight or maybe someone who's struggling with like an eating disorder, or maybe someone who looks quote unquote perfect, um, but has negative body image. Um, so I think that would be really powerful to bring to light in this day and age. Mm, I, I can hundred percent see that happening. That would be really valuable for society to have a, a look at uh, our relationship with our bodies and food in that in that line on a much bigger stage. We have two questions that we ask all our guests at the end of every interview, and I can't believe I almost forgot to ask you these because I'm probably more excited to hear your response to these than than anybody in recent memory. So, uh, would you say that this journey or this path that you're on right now chose you, or would you say that you chose it? Ooh, combo package. <laughs> so short answer for as long as I can remember, I've always said, I'm going to follow my heart. And I had, I had an experience in high school where I lost someone very, very close to me. And it was that traumatic experience that I think at, at a young age, younger than a lot of people having that light bulb go off of like, Oh, like death could be around the corner. Um, you know, from that moment on, it's definitely been a journey of me where I'm like, you know, where do I feel called to make a difference? Like one time my mom said to me, I don't know, I was talking about something and she was like, you know, you don't have to be the one to change the world. And I was just like, mm, yeah, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and as much as I've been the one making the decision, decisions in a sense, or like following that intuition. It's like that intuition, I believe comes from somewhere, comes from the universe, comes from my calling the, my spoken word. I honestly, to me, that's a gift. There's no like reason why I should be able to create poems that the way that I do and how the words just come to me, you know, that is like a God given gift that is unexplainable. So to me, it's combo package and mm. I just have to keep listening. <laughs> mm, I love that. And then if you could take all of your experience, all your pitfalls and mistakes and all your, your victories and, and, um, and discoveries, if you could take all of that and condense that down into just one nugget of wisdom to pass on to somebody else, what would that one nugget of wisdom be? Be who you are be who you are and, you know, learn to not be ashamed of that, not be scared of that, um, not be told that it's wrong. Um, because whoever you are, any quirks and unique 
features and traits that you have were given to you for a purpose. So hiding them would be a disservice to the world. Hmm. Amen. (laughs) Uh, If people want to find you and connect with you online, Tessie, where can they go? Yeah, you can go to tessietracy.com. It's T-E-S-S-I-E-T-R-A-C-Y. And my social media, uh, everything is just at Tessie Tracy. So mostly Instagram. On Twitter, I really just retweet, but you can connect with me there if you want. (laughs) (laughs) And Facebook is Tessie Tracy. And I have a page. Uh, My page is called Eating Into It, spelled I-N-T-U-I-T, if you want to come join the conversation there. Very cool. We'll make sure to have links to all of that on our website. So uh, anybody listening, head over to our website, check out the show notes to uh, connect with Tessie online and, and all those various ways. Tessie, thank you so very much for taking the time to chat with us. This was absolutely awesome. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Tessie, you're awesome. Really cool way. We keep finding these like really interesting ways in to an actor's life, and this is a huge one. You know, this the the, the body image thing alone is a huge a huge conversation. Um, so super grateful to have her on. Um, any debriefing? Not, that not, like to do. not really. I think I think most of it was really said in the interview, and I think that there's a lot to sort of sit with and stew on um, after the fact, sort of on on your own as somebody who's listened to this interview. So let's talk about picks of the week. What is your pick of the week? Well, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, but um, yeah, let's 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 uh, summarize this as briefly as we can. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I well, we just did right. We spent the whole part of the podcast today talking about it. I. I, I knew I wanted to do something to kind of uh, help people find something to do, and I might be doing this for the next few weeks. Um, so I, I kept it as simple as possible this time. Um, it's just one of the petitions uh, to abolish the Electoral College, which, um, you know, since uh, 1888, I think it was, was the last time that the winner of the popular vote lost the uh, the electoral college vote uh, before 2000. And so now it's happened twice in the last 16 years. Um, and it, it, it occurs because a lot of gerrymandering. And if you live in California, which is this, you know, sort of beacon of hope to a lot of people, um, your vote counts for about one sixth or one seventh what um what some other people's votes count because of the way that the electoral college uh, works um if you take just the number of votes divided by the number of people so um yes it's supposed to be based on population but clearly it's uh it's sort of failed us as a uh, democratic republic over the last 16 years so um this is one i couldn't find the we the people one for some reason i I don't know if somebody took it down or if it reached uh, enough signatures but um Go and sign that if you think that it's a ridiculous system. And if you don't think it's a ridiculous system, try explaining it to somebody who doesn't live in the United States. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, my pick of the week is a website called Blinkist.com, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T.com. And it's essentially a, a website that summarizes popular books, uh, mostly nonfiction books. In fact, I think entirely nonfiction books. And not everything is on there, but they've got like almost 2,000 titles that you can basically read all the key takeaways and highlights from uh, in about 15 minutes. And there's a few different levels. You can do a, a free uh, level where they essentially – choose a book for you that may and they make that a book available to you uh, on a daily basis so like every day there's a new book that you can sort of check out that they pick or you can pay i think forty dollars or seventy dollars to unlock uh, varying levels of like um diversity within that so i actually bought a yearly membership for 40 bucks and i can read as many of the blinkist summaries as i'd like but i cannot listen to the audio versions of those summaries but i've really been enjoying it you know i've got a couple books that i've been meaning to get through like thick dense books like this changes everything by naomi klein which is all about capitalism versus the climate and that book is like incredibly dense with very long, long sentences that it's easy for your mind to sort of lose track of where you are in the argument. So I was like, shit, maybe I can find like a really sort of much more digestible uh, summary of this book. And I did. And it's on Blinkist. And I was able to get the gist of her argument and, and her points and what's going on uh, in that kind of uh, context very, very quickly on, on Blinkist. So check it out. Blinkist.com. Uh, disclaimer, the link on our website is an affiliate link. So if you decide to sign up for a yearly membership uh, through the link on our website, we will get uh, a few pennies towards the podcast. So it's a great way to support the podcast and get something cool that uh, you might enjoy as well. So Blinkist.com is my pick of the week. Okay. Now, before we move on, you know I have to do this, Trev. I have to do this. As a book nerd, do you feel like this is cheating? This sounds like mm -hmm. Cliff Notes, dude. Mm -hmm. This sounds like this sounds like Cliff Notes in 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 high school it, and it, college. It, it's exactly what it is. It is Cliff Notes. Um, I don't. I I do consider it cheating, and I don't because there is a lot of value to be had from a lot of value to be gleaned from just picking up a book and reading everything the author says the way they meant to say it in the order they meant to say it in the context they meant to say it with all these sort of supporting ideas but then there are books that i frankly am just not going to read because they're so dense and i just don't have the time or the patience or the mental capacity <laughs> to handle uh the entire book and so that's where something like this is a real blessing because i can still um you know expose my brain to those ideas with with a lot less resistance so, yeah, I mean, there's a few titles in there where I'm like, I see it's available as a Blinkist, but I'd rather read the book. I, I want to get the full impact. I want to absorb the full sort of meal that the author's laid out. And then there's other ones where I'm like, thank God there's a Blinkist for this because that book is 800 pages. You know? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, and, if, and I, to be honest, there's a few Blinkists that I've read that I thought, I really liked that. I want to read the book. I want to see how much more there is to this. And so it's actually prompted me to add new books to my list. Um, so, okay. so yeah, uh, All right. but I, I've awesome. really been enjoying it. Yeah. And like I said, each one is, will take you about 15 minutes to get through. So if you'd like to build a daily learning habit into your life, that's more than a blog, but less than a full on book. Blinkist is a, a great way to do it. Ooh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. More than a blog, but less than a book. I'm going to download the, uh, they have an app and I want to yeah. do that, that free, like every day. 
thing. It's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. And the, and the recommendations are, are pretty awesome. There's a few books I didn't even know existed where they sent me an email. And they're like, here's your daily Blinkist. And it's like some fascinating book by like Ray Kurzweil. And I'm like, oh, my God. All right. Brain candy for today. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've been loving it. So that is uh, a petition to abolish the Electoral College, as well as uh, a link to feed your brain some goodness uh, every day in 15-minute chunks at Blinkist.com. So check those out. Links to those are on our website. And that does it for episode 257 of Inside Acting, co-hosted and produced by yours truly and... AJ Meyer. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Me, Trevor Algott, edited and mixed the episode today and composed the theme and interview music you heard. And Fern Lim designed our logo. Also, we are still looking for our next director of public relations. So if you've been listening to the show and wanting to contribute uh, in some way that's maybe a little bit more integral uh, as part of the team, but giving us your money hasn't really quite felt like the right approach for any number of reasons, that's totally cool. This is a great opportunity to support us with about an hour a week of your time. Our director of public relations uh, is the person who basically manages our social media feeds and keeps our listeners informed about upcoming episodes and events via Facebook and uh, occasionally like newsletter and outreach. But again, it's a pretty minimal commitment, but a great way to sort of connect with the community. So if that sounds like something that you'd enjoy, send us an email at support at insideacting.net. You can send up for a weekly, you can sign up for said weekly email dispatch. You know, the one Trevor was just talking about and listen to all of our episodes at our website, insideacting.net. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Got through it all in one breath. Favorable review on iTunes goes a really long way because, you know, it helps other people find the show. It's kind of like putting a little tip, a tip in our tip jar, like a tip of warm fuzzies. Is there such a thing as a tip of warm fuzzies? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah, it sounds like we work in some seedy uh, dive bar. A little um, bit. So just leave a favorable review. Um, but not about what we're doing right now. Like, this is weird. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, support from this episode comes from Rehearsal Pro and, as you know, VO2Gogo.com. These are the award-winning voiceover training system classes uh, that I teach in Hollywood and that you can also check out online. These classes have also won Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best Voiceover Training four years in a row. So it's it's good stuff as voted by your best, I'm sorry, by your fellow actors. So visit VO2Gogo.com slash start and get access to a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. If you want to learn what this is all about, VO2Gogo.com slash start is a great place to start. That's VO, the number two, gogo.com slash start. And this episode is also brought to you by you listeners like you if you dig this thing and you want to maximize its value in your life and career and support its continued production sign up as a member to get cool perks like access to our private member community invites to exclusive member meetups freebies special bonus content and a whole lot more that's seven bucks a month you can sign up by visiting insideacting.net and clicking on the membership tab or you can make a one-time, no-strings-attached, tax-deductible donation. Just visit insideacting.net slash contribute to do that. And that is it for episode 257 of Inside Acting, the uh, post-election episode, apparently. 
Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, love always trumps hate. 